Welcome to Lit with Larry, and I'm Larry. And I'm Jesse, and I'm pretty lit. So let's get started here, Larry. Um, this is our first podcast together. It's January 10th, 2020. We've been talking about this for months. Um, we can start by talking a little bit about how we got started. So I think we, I think we started about probably six months ago, really, drinking on Fridays. It's something I like to do is a nice happy hour. Uh, I'm newer to this office, uh, and I'll let Larry kind of explain our office scenario since he's pretty much the mayor of this space. But um, we started drinking on Fridays, and uh, I, I'm a big bourbon drinker. Some would say aficionado. I don't, I don't like to go that far. I'm not an expert of anything. But um, we started drinking, and uh, basically every Friday I would bring out some bottles, and Larry, being the freeloader that he is, would like to yeah. uh, drink those bottles with me. And eventually that turned into 12 or 15 people in our office. And we started having some very interesting conversations and learning more about Larry as the patriarch of this office. And uh, a lot of people suggested we make a podcast, so here we are. It's probably going to be the dumbest podcast ever made, and uh, nobody's listening right now, so who cares? Exactly. Well, you know, Jesse, I am, uh, as they say, your biggest fan. <laughs> Everyone needs fans in life. He Jesse gives a great, great performance. I think I've had... Uh, probably about a thousand dollars of alcohol from at least a dozen different bourbon brands. They're all good. Um, not that I would know much of a difference. But a first shout out to uh, Base One Ten. Uh, it's a co-work and event space in Lexington, Kentucky, at uh, guess what, One Ten West Vine Street at South Upper. And we're on the third floor. Um, I'm in the co-work space. Is that's why I'm the mayor, because I see everyone, and um, you know I'm looking for what they got for free for me besides bourbon, um, and you know I just enjoy um, pretty much anything um, alcoholic. So uh, the lit with Larry uh, started when uh, Jesse pulled out a few bottles, sat down with his uh, buddy JB, and of for course our producer JB. Oh, our producer JB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's to our right. He's coaching us really well, giving us big stares every now and again. And so uh, they were uh, drinking some bourbon. Of course, I snuck up and said, hey, what you got? And uh, being the gentleman that uh, Jesse is, uh, he said, would you like a pour? And I said, well, I'm too poor to pour, but yes. <laughs> and uh, that kind of kicked this off. So uh, uh, kudos to Base 110. There's, uh, I don't know, probably about 50, 60 of us here in the building. And... Uh, we get together, we have a nice community on Fridays. You're welcome to join us. Uh, say hi to uh, uh, Tim Guthrie, who's one of the co-owners with Randall Stevens, and our uh, office manager who gets all the shit done, uh, Meredith Moore. Uh, and uh, come on Fridays, have some donuts, coffee, espresso, beer, wine. And if you're lucky, at 4 o'clock, you'll see us doing this podcast. So I think that's a pretty good introduction, Larry. So... Let's get lit. Let's get lit. And so, as part of, besides the cheers and the chink there, uh, no pun intended, um, I'm going to let you know when I'm having a sip. <laughs> Sounds good. 
So I think uh, the whole purpose of this podcast uh, mainly is to watch Gary, Larry. G- oh my God, I called him Gary. I'm already lit. <laughs> Gary, Larry, getting uh, lit. Watch Larry get lit, and uh, I'm gonna. You know, my role is to poke him a little bit and make him tell some of the interesting stories that he has. And he'll probably do the same to me, and uh, and we'll see how this whole thing goes. It doesn't matter right now because we have no listeners. Um, but other the, than you, by the way, other than you, thank you. So every week we're going to feature a drink. Uh, and this week, I mean, as we said, I'm a, a big bourbon guy, so we're going to be doing a comparison tasting of different Buffalo Trace privately selected barrels. And so if you're not familiar with, with what that means, it means that different groups around the country – uh, in this case, because I've got five from different states, actually. Um, either a restaurant or a bar or a bourbon group will go to Buffalo Trace, taste several barrels, and then they get the opportunity to purchase one of those barrels and put their name on it. So it's a pretty cool and unique opportunity in the bourbon world where you get to put your name on a, on a barrel, and eventually that turns into a few hundred bottles that you can purchase. So we've got five here today. We're actually going to start with just the standard Buffalo Trace. Um, so this is just the everyday product off the shelf, 90 proof, ready to go. Uh, so Larry, because you're a novice, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through how to drink this. And we're not going to do this every time. It's not going to be bourbon every time. This is not going to be a bourbon podcast. But just to get us started, this is an easy way to go. But I think these are good pointers in general when tasting a liquor. And if you I'm not a beer guy. I have a couple of brothers that are beer nerds. I make fun of them all the time. So maybe uh, if you have some pointers because you drink beer all fucking day, um, when we have a beer, then you can point that out. But so in the in, when you take taste a whiskey, um, number one, uh, there are three steps. Number one is the nose. So you want to s- kind of swirl the glass around a little bit. And, and by the way, again, I'm not an expert by, at this at all. But here's just kind of what what people say and, and what I've read. So the first step is to nose it. So you want to get in there. Keep your, you keep your mouth open when you take a sip. I don't know if uh, you've ever heard that about wine, Larry, but it's kind of similar. Get your nose in there. Take a good sip. You might pick up some aromas there. Buffalo Trace has some some fruity aromas. Typically, uh, it's going to be a sweet smell with a tiny touch of oak as well. Yeah, um, you know, with the wine thing is, I'm sipping out of a uh, bourbon glass, which is uh, referred to generally as a tulip. Glass. It looks a lot like a. If you've ever had a Glen Karen uh, bourbon glass, that's what um, Larry has. Actually, a Michter's Glen Karen, which is faux pas because we're drinking Buffalo Trace today, but we won't say anything. But you you want to get your nose down in there. Uh, that's your first step, and then the the second step is to uh, is to call the palate. So that's when you actually sip the bourbon. It sits in your mouth, uh, and then the third step is the finish. So you can taste it all the way through, top to bottom, nose, palate, finish. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be drinking, like I said, five of these today. So we should end up, like the podcast is called, pretty lit and hopefully have some inter- inter- uh, interesting conversations. We'll let you know when we open a new bottle and uh, what it tastes like. But yeah, let's, go. let's get First lit. One. So, Larry, uh, what do you think of that? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. It's probably like one of those uh, uh, brain farts where... When I, when I put my nose in the glass and I inhaled really strong, it brought me back to being 18 at a dance club. Which was club. what, like 60, 70 years ago? Yeah, I think it was the turn of the last century, <laughs> shortly thereafter. I know it was a little bit after World War II, but they, uh, 
But uh, it brought me back to uh, being in a disco club and uh, having these bottles of amyl nitrate, which was... What the fuck is that? uh, They were called poppers. They were... um, Was that like a lewd? No, no. It was was an inhalation chemical, um, which some people eventually attributed to the growth of AIDS. Uh, But uh, amyl nitrate uh, was basically like a uh, chemical that you inhaled and it sped up your heart and it, and it had a fairly distinctive taste uh though you didn't drink it uh, uh but it, the the flavor when you inhaled it was very distinctive and for some reason uh when i when i sniffed this buffalo trace it brought me back to the disco floor so and, you're basically uh, doing that so i'm thinking in, inhaling speed yeah exactly you know it raced your heart the poor man's yeah. cocaine uh, it was not the same at all, at all. Uh, but you know, for for uh, a lot of people, it was either kind of this, like you know, dis- part of the disco revolution, or it was a sex aid. Because if you had a, a snort of this amyl nitrate, uh, you know, a little bit before you had an orgasm, which I'm sure you've never experienced, but the um, you <laughs> I've would. I've got proof. <laughs> That that <laughs> right, but only two cases of it. Well, three cases. Three of cases. It. The, um, but uh, it would just, uh, it would make life really, really enjoyable. You know, you and God, you were kind of side by side. You were at his right hand. You know, all these things. So, it, so the nose was great. The the taste uh, was also just very smooth. Um, there was no, uh, as people call it, I've been taught, Kentucky burn. You know, it went down super smooth. I think you're referring uh, to the Kentucky hug. Oh, the Kentucky hug. Okay. All right. There I am thinking burn, and it was a hug. They, um, exactly. But You're so negative, Larry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, So uh, it went down really smooth. Uh, it's got a nice finish. There's no aftertaste. You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, thinking I should get another pour here in a second. Uh, so overall, uh, for me, it's better than my favorite Old Crow, but, you know. I, I, well, first of all, the fact that your favorite is Old, old Crow shows that you know nothing about bourbon. Uh, not that there's anything against Old Crow and the fine folks there. It's a, it's a decent bourbon, but it's something that uh, I used to uh, bring to rugby parties in college with the few dollars that I had as a requirement, and we would kind of chug it in rugby circles. So I think you could do better. Um, yeah, I but do. Yeah. I have my friend Jesse. I'm doing much <laughs> I think, better. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Buffalo Trace is a great off-the-shelf bourbon. Um, it's a lot of what a lot of people call it um, their house bourbon, which means you know easy to find, something they can keep around, and, and it's going to um, make a wide variety of your guests happy at a party. Meaning, if they mix it with Coke, they're going to be happy. If they put it on ice, they're going to be happy. And if they sip it neat, they're going to be happy. So. Um, it's a really good house bourbon, and, and it's usually uh, pretty easy to find depending on what state you're in. In Kentucky, pretty much everywhere you go is going to have Buffalo Trace. Um, so that's kind of the baseline for us. That's the standard everyday product. Uh, I think next we'll move on to, and I think you already poured one. No, you, you poured another of the, of the house, so you just go ahead and drink that because the whole, oh, the whole oh, theme I, is to get lit. And um, I did. So go ahead and drink that. I did. And then the next one I'll pour you, uh, this is going to be, this is a recent selection uh, that producer JB and I picked up on our way to St. Louis a few weeks ago. Uh, and this is from Illinois Liquor Mart. So this is a, from Southern Illinois, uh, a Southern Illinois pick. Um, 
So I'm gonna go ahead and pour this for both of us. So this is one of the privately selected single barrels of Buffalo Trace. Oh, and so yum. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll sip this one um, and kind of continue our program here. Why don't you explain what a single barrel is? I think I already did, where you go and you pick your own barrel. Uh, meaning, That's the barrel selection, but like... Okay, the difference between a single barrel and the, the Buffalo Trace that you see every day on the, on the, the shelf... So the Buffalo Trace you see every day on the shelf is a what you call blend. So if you're a scotch drinker out there, um, you would know what a blended scotch is versus a single malt. It's a very similar comparison. So this is the, all of all of this came from the same barrel uh, with the Illinois Liquor Marts pick. Um, so they went and picked out one barrel that usually produces with a 90 proof bourbon around 200 bottles. So there are only 200 bottles from this barrel floating around the southern Illinois market and uh, it made its journey all the way to St. Louis with us and uh, all the way back to Kentucky where it belongs. So all right. why don't we go ahead and take a sip of this and we'll go we'll get the next segment we do so we do the latest booze which is what we're doing now we probably should have mentioned that before um, so our latest booze is the Buffalo Trace pick and now we're going to talk about the latest news. Um, Larry doesn't like to talk about politics because he's kind of a wimp um, but we'll, we'll talk about some interesting things in, in the news. Yum. Well, speaking of the latest news, so today is January 10th. I don't know if you knew this, Larry. You probably did. Um, but today is National Houseplant Appreciation Day. Woohoo! So how many houseplants do you have, Larry? It's probably, in my mind, I've never been to your house. In my mind, you're looking... You probably have at least 30 houseplants and maybe 20 cats. How many houseplants do you have? Uh, no cats is the first one. Um, although I have a bunch of logos, you know, that have the, you know, the, the go cats kind of thing. Oh, the wildcats, Kentucky. Wildcats. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. But um, otherwise, no uh, animal, four-legged furry things. Um, so in the bathroom, I have eight. Uh, in the bathroom, I have eight succulents. For those of you that are have nasty is thoughts. Is that like a succubus? <laughs> uh, no, it's more like suck on this, but <laughs> you, you get the idea. Uh, succulents are, are commonly referred to as cactuses. So I have a Christmas cactus who no longer has Wait, the flowers. Wait, isn't the plural of cactus cacti? Yes, it is. Uh, you learn something every day when you sit down with You me. do. You do. Absolutely. Some I hope to learn two things <laughs> today. So, um, so I have a Christmas cactus. I have a, a obligatory aloe plant, um, and I have several other. Those are the bathroom plants. Uh, the rest of the house is somewhat seasonal. So there's like you know I think six poinsettias, and for the last uh, ten maybe fifteen years. I have done my best to keep a poinsettia alive for the full year to see its anniversary at Christmas, and I have not succeeded. And so I'm going to keep at it. So I've got six uh, patients this year, um, and uh, there's another half a dozen plants. So we're, sh- we're short of 30, but, um, but uh, you know, I, I could work on it. Yeah, I have zero houseplants at my house. Uh, my wife has a brown thumb, and she works full-time. We have two kids and one on the way, so we just don't have really have time for that. The only plants that sit around my house are the flowers that my wife buys herself because I'm apparently a terrible husband and not very romantic anymore. So 
Um, it's also January 10th is also a bittersweet chocolate day. Cut your energy costs day. Oysters Rockefeller, shout out to producer JV. I know he loves that. Um, and save the Eagles day. So that's oh, one I can get Phil, behind. You know, Phillies need a holiday. Yeah, I mean, the do. Eagles, I mean, you know, they they were good. Obviously, they were great two years ago, but, you know, they could use some saving. And they lost in overtime uh, a couple of weeks, weeks ago. ago. It was the last weekend. Um, two weekends ago. To the Scott Seahawks. Seahawks. Yep. Uh, that was very disappointing. I was, I was kind of cheering on the Eagles there. I have a good friend that likes to cheer for them as well. Yep. And my son, William, is a student at St. Joseph's University, and he has gone from being raised in a household that couldn't give a rat's ass about televised sports, though um, in season we went to one or two of every kind of game except for baseball, which we went to like 20. But he's in, he is now a die-in-the-wool Eagles fan. So let's talk about drink number two here from Southern Illinois. I know that we've both taken a sip of it. We've probably poured too much in here, which, which is fine. But what do you think about this one? Um, uh, two things. This is definitely a step up from the uh, the base one we just had. The nose is much richer. Uh, it puts me in a very nice place. I, I get a good uh, feeling that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, this is the first, this is foreplay for my tongue, you know, so I'm like really liking <laughs> the right. nose we're, on we're that. Not, we're going to talk about cuddling this year. <laughs> you know, for, foreplay for my tongue. Um, I, I probably need to copyright that. The, uh, <laughs> but, um, so the nose is really, really good. Uh, the taste also, there's a good spike. I'm, I'm f- like feeling like molasses or sorghum, you know, kind of a sweet high note. And then a super smooth finish. Um, almost, sadly, almost devoid of some like kind of bite at the back end. Yeah, and I think it, I, I would agree with you on the last part there that there is no, um, there is no back end bite, which I, for someone in a 90 proof bourbon, I think that's what a lot of people are, are looking for. If, they, if they're drinking a 90-proof bourbon, they, it's because they don't want that bite of the hundred, the stronger stuff, the 120, 130-proof stuff. Uh, I, I get a little bit of oak here. So although a lot of people would say I, I'm a bourbon aficionado, I, I usually am a thumbs-up, thumbs-down kind of guy. It's either good or it's bad. But with this particular one, I, I get some oaky flavors in there, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of what you taste in the middle um, and then I actually got a hint of black licorice on the end there, which is weird for me because I don't typically pull out flavors like that. Yeah. Um, but this one's good. It, I agree it's better than the off-the-shelf stuff, but I think that, uh, and I hope that some of these other ones are going to be a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. You know, it makes me think that i got to go eat some oak, oak leaves or acorns or something because I don't know what oak tastes like. So we are going to pour the next one here to Woo-hoo! keep this thing rolling along. So this one uh, is from Party Town, and I don't even know actually where Party Town is. I think it's in northern Kentucky. Um, so we're going to go ahead and pour it. While I'm pouring this year, being the new year, Larry, uh, did you have any New Year's resolutions? Or is that something that you do? Well, you know, um, I don't really do New Year's resolutions um, just because I think that you should resolve yourself, you know, all year long. And my personal tagline has always been passionately curious, you know, so I, I don't feel like I need isn't to that, reinvent. Uh, isn't that Steve Jobs' tagline? No. I think you stole that. No, I don't think Stay hungry? Well, yeah, but that's different. Okay. Hunger and in your passionate. Mind. In your mind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, no, I really haven't done any um, 
you know, any kind of like New Year's resolutions other than um, in my lifetime and career, I've had about like six epic movements. And when I say that, I'm defining that six movements by career and uh, four movements by uh, personal, like, you know, living things. And so uh, on the career side, you know, I kind of want to like do something different. So after 35 years in New York City, uh, two years in Charlotte, now just not quite a year here in, uh, in Lexington, I feel like uh, I need to figure out something new. And that partially explains why I lit with Larry, because, you know, I, I can't really figure out how to make money as an alcoholic. <laughs> this is your but take. I'm working on it. I'm glad that this is your hot ticket. <laughs> yeah, this is the worst podcast ever. Nobody's ever going to listen. But right, Jesse, let's just drink this uh, next one from so, Party Town. No, uh, well, so Jesse, you know what's yours? You gotta, you know, you gotta flip that around. Well, I think you've you seen know? me around the office. Um, I'm averaging in in 2020. I'm averaging about 180 ounces of water per day. So. Uh, that was one of my. I don't. I, I don't make resolutions. Uh, producer JB, a longtime friend of mine, will tell you that I don't make pre- uh, resolutions. It's just a lifestyle that I live, and other people make resolutions, and I, I have a great life, anyways. Um, but I have resolved to drink more water, um, and I'm averaging about 180 a day, which means I just go to the bathroom all the time. And you've seen me filling up the, my cup and uh, pissing all the time, so. Yeah, watching you piss has been kind of fun, though. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird, uh, Larry, uh, but I expect that. Event, well, you so. didn't want to share the other day, you know, it was like, there I was. standing. Yeah, Larry's over here trying to play swords with me. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and take a sip of this, uh, and we'll just uh, keep oh. this thing rolling. I think yeah, we're already over the time that we had planned, where it's about 4.30, so. Yeah, what, uh, what are we drinking again, but other than Buffalo Trace? Party Town. Pepper. This one's Party, Party Town. Town. It definitely Town. has a... Uh, not as sweet. Yeah. the roughest taste of all of them. Yeah, it's a little bit rough. Uh, I, I I hate to bring this out because I would never say this, but in the wine world, that's a tannic taste. It's like a yeah a bit of a bitter um, flavor there. I think in the in the bourbon world, that's kind of a, a heavy oak that you're you're tasting there, but more like turf. Right, and it's earthy. In the... Yeah, earthy. <laughs> like earthy is a good good way to put that. That's what you say when you. When you taste dirt. I don't know. We should stand and salute our military, and I would call it, uh, you know, a little bit of gunpowder or maybe um, jet fuel. Yeah. You think that's jet fuel? <laughs> well, not real jet so, fuel, obviously. Larry I mean, doesn't like, dump. I've never seen Larry dump out alcohol, but I know he's thinking about doing it for this one. So yeah, let's shoot this one down, and, uh, and we'll go ahead and move on. All right. So while we're, while we're shooting this down and moving on, I guess we're still under the latest news segment. So the uh, the lottery right now is in the hundreds of millions in the United States. So I'll pose this question to you, and I, I've done this to a few of my friends in the past. So Larry, if you won the lottery, let's say it's $250 million, uh-huh. just to put a number on Yep. If you won the lottery, there are three parts to this question. Okay. First thing you would buy... What's one thing that you would do good in the world with that money, and then one spiteful thing that you would do with that money? Wow. Wow, that's interesting. Um, you know, the, the spite part is kind of difficult because, you know, I, I have practiced a very um, Christian life, uh, you know, with the Larry, question. don't be a pussy. You hate yeah, something. You just got to yeah, be someone just, you don't like in yeah. the world. 
Yeah, uh, you know, there's not anyone that I necessarily want to be spiteful for. I probably would like to be spiteful to certain things. And when I say certain things, I mean, I just deleted the, um, the Chase mobile app because it just kept pissing me off, demanding me, you know, more proof and more proof and more proof. Okay, boomer. So maybe <laughs> that's a, definitely a boomer comment. More yeah, proof so, of what? You know, so I might, I might want to, you know, uh, you know, piss off Jamie Dimon. Well, Jamie and I, producer Jamie and I work in the payment processing world, and that's a pretty common practice. And I can see how that would perplex a, a boomer such as yourself. But right. And also, long time Chase customers. Yeah, we are both long time Chase customers. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I've been, yeah, equally a long time Chase customer. But um, so, you know, on the, on the revenge, uh, you know, piss off somebody, uh, it'd probably be more of a thing than an individual, okay? Um, in terms of what would I spend that money on doing, like, uh, like uh, you Well, know, you're, you're, you're going way off track here. Okay. First thing you would buy, one thing good you would do with the money, and one thing spiteful. It's okay. a pretty simple so, question, Larry. Yeah, but you know we're it's a half an hour podcast. You're, you've already taken twenty minutes on this. And and we're five drinks down. So the um, what would I buy first? I think I would probably buy uh, some kind of trip or travel. I think maybe Singapore. You know, I I've come close three times in my life, um, long life. Um, to travel to Singapore. So um, if it's not Singapore, the, the answer is travel. Okay, so I'd like go fucking travel. You know, maybe I'll buy an airplane with that, that money and just like go fly around. That works. It's a material object. Yeah. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is? <laughs> One thing good you would do with the money. The first thing good. The first thing good um, clearly would be something that involved uh, the church. You know, um, and not necessarily giving to a church, but something to enhance their mission. You know, so maybe sponsoring, say, missions to uh, various countries. Uh, and those missions probably would be tied to some kind of natural disaster. You know, that's probably where I would spend, if you said $250 million, I'd probably spend $100 million on, like, just helping people out on an immediate basis. You know, I can write a check, I can drop some shit there, you know, and help well, this, people out. And this is a longer conversation for a, a, another podcast. Um, I actually wrote a paper on this once, but I so mine, I know you're gonna ask me the same question, so mine would be the exact <laughs> same answer. Uh, I would, I believe in tithing, I'm almost there <laughs> in the real world. So I would give money to my church. So it would be a lot of money, you know, $25 million, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, that's right. what it is, 10%. So that's right, what it is. Right. right. Uh, and I, I would agree. I, I would agree with the spreading the mission. I'm a world travel, traveler. I think you are as well. My wife and I have been to every continent except Antarctica. Um, however, the, the part that I wrote the paper on and the part of what I'm about to say is how do you guarantee that there's no corruption with the money that you spend? And that's something for another podcast, yeah. another time. But when you're giving that amount of money, how can you guarantee it? Um, oh, you don't. That it goes to the right place. No, you don't. You take that 25 million of contribution, and you assume that at least 30 percent, one third. That's not is good waste. enough for me, though. 
Well, that's another know, that's another conversation yeah, we'll have another in another podcast. But we agree on that point. That's exactly what I, I would have given the same answer. So that's okay. that's cool. So what would you spend your money on? Well, you what never you, gave me, you you never answer, answered the spiteful question. You went on a fifteen minute monologue about bullshit. Who knows what? So if I had to spite somebody, it's not somebody. It's anything spiteful. Like if you hated hated Delta Airlines, you just short the stock with their money. You know, like with two hundred fifty million dollars, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, but the problem is I don't think about, like, the spite thing, you know? It's like I understand the question, and i got to come up with an answer, and I'm dancing as fast as I can. All right. And I'm thinking, oh, you know you know who I'd spite? I'd spite InBev. Uh, so InBev is the largest brewery in America. They were uh, founded in South America. They own tons and tons of brands. Uh, they eat them up like, you know, you eat M&Ms. And... The reason I would spite them it, is because of uh, they bought Bass Ale about I think it was about ten years ago, and so Bass Ale is distinctive for at least three reasons. No, reason number one is the Red Triangle is the first trademark in Anglo history. Okay, number two, they changed the recipe. It's went from arguably one of the best ales in the world to one of the worst ales in the world. And three, it was my favorite beer. You know, so I just like Larry. I would, Larry's I would passionate about bass. Them. Clearly, this podcast makes complete sense because the person that you would spite is a, a beer brewery. maker. That's hilarious. Let's cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So exactly. hey, we're drinking we our uh, we're drinking our fourth bottle here. This is the White Dog Day release from 2017. Woo-hoo. So um, this is a little. Little bottle that we got. Uh, I went to White Dog Day in 2017 at Buffalo Trace. So what White Dog Day is historically, and I I brought this bottle so I could tell the story to help out with the podcast because I didn't think we'd have enough time, but here we are, an hour into on, it, on and on. Uh, so what White Dog Day? Well, and producer JB saying we're at 35 minutes out of 30. Uh, White Dog Day is historically the first day that a distillery would put the white lightning that they've been working on, you know, over the months they've been doing into the barrel. So uh, Buffalo Trace has a big celebration to commemorate that day. Now, because of the big commercial commercialization of, of bourbon, um, that's not necessarily the case because they're doing it pretty much every day year-round um, and everything like that. But they still have a big celebration every year. I've been for the past five years. I think I missed this year is the first one I've missed. Wife and kids. Wife and kids. It starts the new year of distilling bourbon. It's kind of yeah. It's in October every year. It starts the new bourbon season. It's amazing. Uh, We should definitely do it together sometime. If this podcast lasts long enough, We'll be talking about it uh, this time next year. Uh, But this is from that. This is a barrel that um, they put together from that White Dog Day as a as a souvenir for those who attended. So this has been good. It's been sitting on my shelf for two years. I'm ready to get rid of it. Um, so and we're getting rid of it. Yep. So I take a sip. I I love this. Um, th- this is meant as a compliment. Okay, which is the most popular flavor of ice cream in America is vanilla. Yeah, this a one. Huge, there's a huge vanilla in there. This one. This one it's hits like it. This one hits it on all notes. It's got a sweet nose, like. You know, I want, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, I want my oxygen to be flavored with this. <laughs> Which will probably be pretty soon the way you drink, Larry. So let's exactly. I can arrange exactly. that. I can save this little bit, put it into that little machine, you'll be good to go. Exactly. 
Exactly. You know, I mean, it's got an excellent nose. The taste, beginning, middle, and end, smooth. I'm, I, I'm a big fan. I, I agree that. with you. This wouldn't have lasted that long on my shelf, but had I not have another bottle, and it kind of means a little bit to me. Uh, my friend Bart and I have been going these together, so we kind of hold one back uh, as a, a keepsake. But this is a great pour. Um, I think it's I think it's a great need. I think it would be great on the rocks. I wouldn't mix it with Coke this, because that would be an insult to this one. Like that diesel we drank last, the Party Town diesel, I would drink mixed with Coke for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's an interesting thing because um, I almost always drink neat. You know, I just really don't. You know, it's probably a habit of co- college. It's interesting because your personality is the opposite. It's pretty yeah. sloppy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I couldn't agree more, actually, Jesse. That might be the only good thing you said all day. But, um, no, thanks. The, uh, you know, I really like uh, neat because, you know, you, you, it's, um, it's like sushi. You, you have a taste. It's fairly pure. You know, there are, uh, you know, fresh fruits. They're very pure. You know, and I think that, um, you know, uh, liquor, no matter what it is, should be pure. And I really like it neat. And when you add Coke, why not just drink a Coke? You know, I mean, why, yeah. you know. Although, having said that, uh, a good Manhattan is really nice. Yeah, good old-fashioned <laughs> good Manhattan. Sushi, I think that's just the mercury you're tasting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're Thank right. you. Thank you, JB. I had sushi yeah. for lunch today. It was phenomenal. Well, Time to take a break here. And while we pour our next drink, so let's take a break while we get lit. Yeah, let's go pee. You got down now. So what you want? I want bourbon, I want scotch, I want beer. Well, I ain't seen my baby since Welcome back, everyone. So during the break, I poured our last pour of the day. This is the Winter's End picked by, by Ernie Spirits. Uh, I'm partial to this one because I actually picked this barrel out. I don't care what Larry has to say about it. I think it's uh-huh. good. Uh, it's an eight-year-old. We actually put the age statement on there. Uh, so during the break, we were talking about what we were doing eight years ago. Um, the funny part was uh, Larry said I was actually getting a divorce at that time. So I think uh, I think that answers what you would do with the money, the spiteful money, right? Yeah, yeah. Except uh, divorce didn't go through. Yeah. So we've been separated now for ten years. So you're not divorced. No. Technically, I'm not divorced. Um, uh, much like I've been leeching off of uh, Jesse's goodwill and a ex- really, really expensive good bourbon, I've been leeching off of her health care. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's about the health insurance. You know, so I don't spend $2,000 a year, you know, being an old rickety guy. You know, I have free health insurance from a Canadian company. Good for you. Oh, let's take a cheers to that. Be. And let's couldn't sip be on better. this private pick from Ernie's, which I helped Yeah, Ernie. Wait, so your ex-wife has Canadian health insurance? She works for a financial company based in, uh, office based in New York City. Home ownership is in Canada, Toronto. Interesting. So she's got so American that's insurance. That's probably pretty good insurance, though. Oh, it's very good because she gets all the benefits of a crown colony. I mean, like, everyone, God bless America. I love America, everything about it. You know, citizen, you know, I don't even have a B1C, you know, visa. But, um, you know, I love America. And um, But I got to tell you, you know, the crown colonies, 
you know, like in particular Canada and Australia, you know, pretty much rock with a bunch of stuff that they have. And Canada's healthcare system, don't get me wrong, it's not better than America, but for 90% of the things people have, you get them for free in Canada. So that's all I'm saying. So they apply that thinking to Americans. Well, this is this whole uh, little little monologue that you just went on there proves that you're a freeloader. I am. You know, I, you know, uh, you know. I've told Jesse several times that he's he's my rock man and I'm his fan. <laughs> and you're you wife, your your wife's fan too, right? Yeah, and I'm a, my wife's fan. I could go on and on. You know, unfortunately, there's no young single women. That are in my portfolio right there now. There are lots of them sitting right out there in this office. There, there are. There are. And it's not that I don't know them all. And as Jesse said, as the governor uh, of Base 110. You're the mayor. Do, don't give uh, yourself too many, too much credit there. The, the senator you meant. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's review this one. Uh, and then our next segment are questions from our audience. Our worldwide listeners. Yes. So what exactly. did you think about this one? Well, you know, you've definitely upped your game, you know, without a doubt. You know, you've put the hierarchy. You know, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the stretch was, you know, like on a scale from one to ten. You know, the last one was an eight. You know, this was probably more like an eight point five. So you like this one better than the white dog? Uh, the little more. No, I, I, I'm saying it's like, you know, a, a point five rating higher. Right. Than that. That means you know, that you not liked like it better. Yeah. I don't know if you know I don't know if you know how like numbers work? numbers work. Oh, but if no. it's higher, that means you liked it better. Yes, I did. Interesting. That's correct. Yeah. That's cool. correct. I because I really thought you were into this one. Um, so I would probably rate this one the I'm talking about the white dog one and I'm pointing to this um, to our worldwide listeners right now. Uh, I would probably say the, the the white, white dog, dog is, was a little bit better than Ernie's, and then the the rest are kind of whatever. Yeah. But yeah, um, I wouldn't disagree. Other than you know, publicly. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I you know we're getting to a point where you know we're dancing in a very small area. So so um, that last segment here. Uh, questions from our world, worldwide listeners. Yes. Uh, so I'll go first. So somebody had a question for Larry. This is Thomas from Barberville, Kentucky. So Larry, so Larry is Larry Smith in his. Uh, I, you can't see this because we're not video videoing this right now. But Larry is a middle-aged Korean. You're you're just no. I'm an old guy, Korean Irish, but Jesse. So Larry's an old guy from North Korea. And the, our listener wanted to know, Larry, is that your real name or is that some kind of made up name? And let me tell you, this is a legitimate is this a legitimate question because if you know Larry, he's kind of a conspiracy theorist. If you look at Larry's laptop, he's got uh, he's got coverage on his headphone jack. He's got he's got coverage on his uh, his camera video. on his computer. So. This particular listener is wondering if that's his real name is it, that his parents gave him, or is this something to uh, confuse the government? You know, Jesse, that's... I was expecting more. That was such a softball 
question. Well, this is from our listeners, so and um, that's just what they want to know about you. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I get that. But you know that the uh, the 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 individual from Kentucky, Barberville, Barberville. I don't even know where Barberville is. Of course you don't. But um, uh, regardless, so the the first question, which I've been asked no fewer than a hundred times in my life, is how'd you get a name like Smith? The answer is my father. And so, oh, okay. And so, uh, and if well, you... See, do, I think this particular listener just assumed that you're a conspiracy theorist and didn't want anybody to know your true identity because you said earlier you're from North Korea, so... Uh, well, you know, uh, Korea was an art... is, was an artifact... Um, at the 38th parallel, which is oddly coincident to what cuts through quite a bit of Kentucky. Actually, I believe all of Kentucky. Um, for those of the, those of you that are into lat, latitude and longitude. Um, but um, the, the point being, um, Korea pre-1951 was a nation, you know, it's just called Korea. Um, I was actually born on a military base in Pusan, uh, now referred to as Busan, which is the largest Navy base in all of Southeast Asia. Um, I, sorry, all of Asia. And, um, and my dad was uh, pretty much full-blooded, not pretty much, I'm sorry, was full-blooded Irish. Okay, so... His parents were both Irish. They came over with, you know, the potato famine in the turn of the century. My mother, uh, equally, was full-blooded uh, Korean. And she was uh, bo born, raised, you know, et cetera, in Korea. So I'm pretty much a, uh, a blendy, as we refer to ourselves. See, I didn't know that about you. I, <laughs> thought, I thought you were first generation off the boat. Exactly. To the United exactly. States. Exactly. So. Well, actually, when I came here, we had that's why we had that's airplanes. That's why this guy, Barbara, asked the question. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Wait, so you, was your dad in the Korean War? Was he fighting? Yes. Guys? So if you if you want to backwards my age, uh, think about the Korean War. Think about the end of the Korean War. Think about American service people marrying Korean women. And then nine months later, having me. So, uh, as so I answer the question, full metal jacket situation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, um, a but that little, was Vietnam. I know. I'm, I'm not an idiot. That was Vietnam. I understand. That. Yeah, it's not full metal jacket. It's more like loose condoms. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I meant. <laughs> if you've ever seen that, Irish, you ever seen Smith me? wasn't his Irish last name. No, we we joked. My dad Smith, always joked probably. that's uh, that. Well, there's a county Smith in Ireland, but uh, we always joke that uh, there must have been sheep thieves in the uh, in the heritage. But um, so, anyways, um, but the the benefit, the great benefit of being named Larry Smith, is not because when you look at me and meet me, it's when I got my first job, and I was on the phone, you know, doing the telephonic interviews, and people. Uh, you well, know, got, looked like at my back resume. In the 30s, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, I think it was more in the 50s, but, you know, we had phones that were stapled to the wall, you know, with like cords, <laughs> and you kind of like stu stood there. My you know, first phone you didn't was a know. phone. I'm not, I'm not oblivious to this. You know, and, you know, you didn't have caller ID. You know, you just picked up the phone, and yep. you expected somebody that you knew there 
And so I got to, um, you know, got to talk to a bunch of people, and they would hear me, as you are hearing me, with this really robust, sexy voice, <laughs> talking to them, you know, asking me questions. And I got hired by a big fucking ass advertising agency in New York City, getting paid no money. Well, we can't wait till we hear more about your ad agency days because you have given me some really good advice over the over the past nine months that I've known you uh, when it comes to advertising because I'm in sales and you've given me some really good advice. So, um, well, I don't know if there are any more questions from the listeners that I don't know about, but uh, this may be a good time to close it out. What do you think, Larry? If a listener wants to ask you questions, how do they do so? Larry's the uh, social media guy. Yeah, so. we've got um, we've got the email address, litwitlarry, because I'm the litwit um, or nitwit as you may hear it. So l i t w i t l a r r y at gmail dot com. Uh, next podcast, I'll have a website up, probably a blogger thing where you can add comments. Though, depending on how nice you are, I might turn off the comments. But um. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. Uh, I don't think anybody's out there right now, Larry. But uh, it's been a great time. We've reviewed five different Buffalo Traces here. And uh, here we are. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. You Thank you. It's Friday. Let's Getting get, lit. Let's get lit.